So, hi. What are we doing? <laughs> we are deciding whether a Russian judge needs to judge you. Bring <laughs> <laughs> it, Russian judge. <laughs> or if we're making comic book reference, maybe Colossus is saying, uh, "Porson's got you." <laughs> I, I, sorry. The last time I saw Colossus, uh, he got punched in the nuts. It didn't didn't work out too well badly for him. So should we introduce this uh, this episode? <laughs> Which episode is this now? Uh, what, is, what show are we doing? Have we technically started yet? Uh, well, find out. I gotta decide where I'm gonna cut this shit off because I have no idea. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what happens when Dave isn't around to start the show by saying, Welcome to Extreme Tastingly Scotch Edition. I am Cedius. I am Perrin. And, and that's, boring. And, and, and that's the hosts that we have for you today because Dave buggered off again and I, I imagine it's job related because that's a, usually what it is. He's our ghost host. But... But not with the most. No. No. Um, but we do have uh, the guests who uh, have emerged from my basement whole and hearty uh, two weeks after uh, they came for the last show. <laughs> <laughs> Acting! <laughs> well, actually, I had to came out a couple of days early because I just got a roommate, so, you know, that's all good. But. <laughs> Alright, I'm better. Class? You're not supposed to small, swallow mouthwash. <laughs> I get a five. <laughs> the scope of the podcast just got. Alright, you're, wa- you're wondering where to take it when you went on Scott. Oh, we should introduce Start ourselves too, right? Yeah. Okay. Probably the best. Alright, hi, I'm Scott Kiever. I'm a uh, composer and musician, and, uh, and I'm a member of a couple bands in the Twin Cities. My name is Aaron Coker, a.k.a. Caliban. I'm the host of the Just Enough Trope podcast and the Enterprising Individuals podcast, a Star Trek discussion show. Scott, Scott is also, I'm just thinking, a.k.a. Mouthwash Lad. <laughs> <laughs> For the radio audience out there, this was actually technically water. So. Technically oh, actually, water. I said actually technically. <laughs> Underlined. You know. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain they know I was kidding, but it is me, so maybe they <laughs> <laughs> so, so this week we have um, a special treat. Well, this this podcast, since it's not a, it's a two weeks, which Dave will miss out on. <laughs> so, uh, I and my family went on a cruise to the Caribbean, mm. or Caribbean, depending on how you like to pronounce those words. Um, Caribbean, and uh, or. I'm on vacation! <laughs> and one of the things that one does when you're in the Caribbean is buy booze. Because it's duty-free. Uh-huh. And uh, there, there's uh, all sorts of res- uh, duty-free shops. And the fun thing to do is to find things... Yes, you can find scotch cheaper. But the interesting part is to find scotch that you don't have here. So I picked up two different scotches that are only available in uh, duty-free shops. And uh, the first one is a wee bottle. It's a 375 mil. 375, so it's a, it's a half bottle. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and it is the Kinnevi. And I, I am positive we have not had Kinnevi before. I am certain that we have not. And uh, this is the Kinnevi 17. Single malt. Uh, this is batch number one. Is there any, like... Bottle that I need to, or you need to. No, no. Read we'll we'll read that after. But okay. this is uh, batch number one, bottle seventeen seven forty one. So I did some research because I was like, I've never heard of Kinnevi, and uh, 
17 is what this is? Yeah. Wow. And uh, they they have been around a while, but they normally make blended. That That is frequently the case. There's a number of distilleries that have only in the last 20 years or so have even tried to put out single malts. They, and some of them, there's a good reason for yeah. that. They uh, they actually, their first batch was only available in one airport in Taiwan. So, there you go. So, the nose for this is in my happy place. <laughs> Seriously, this is really nice. So It's, it's, it's soft, but it's, it's still it's still peaty enough to like gain my interest. And it's, so I wasn't necessarily getting any peat, but I'm getting, I'm getting a strong orange. Yeah, there's definitely some good citrus. Yeah. See, I actually find it kind of harsh. It's a, a floral? Am I getting a, a floral scent? In I'm getting I'm getting like maple, maple sugar. Mm. Ah, that's why mm. that's why I'm totally digging it. It's the sweetness that I'm really I think I need. Yeah, I need that too. Yeah, they uh, they only sell the half size bottle in, um, and they uh, they're only. I mean, I think they're now available. Um, one of their batches is available in the UK, but it's otherwise it's just not available. And you know, we may decide there's a good reason for that. But uh, <laughs> I'm encouraged. Getting mm. a strong white fruit in the nose as well. It, it started apple and then morphed into pear as as the inhalation went on. It's got kind of a mid range orange. I mean, it's a it's yeah, a the orange is getting the more you breathe it in the, the more the orange. And the color is better. kind of an orange. Mm-hmm. That's a dark dark gold. Maybe even a light toffee note in the nose. It's got some kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a very... Yeah, it does. I'm getting, I'm getting the orange in the finish. Yes. And I mean, there's, there, that's a prevalent note. But it lingers. It's, yeah. It's like, it's like this nice, it's a, it's a, it's a very extended decrescendo. Not even decrescendo. It's like, it's staying. Sorry, I'm talking musical <laughs> terms. No, that's okay. I know, sorry. <laughs> but I do, I do think of like... Fortissimo! Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's that sort of synesthetic thing that happens with musicians, like yeah. trying to describe flavors. It's always like about music. But um, yeah, this one. You this taste one. like violin. <laughs> I can describe what that taste is. I'm sure you can. But we won't go into that. Uh, that's, you, but that's almost what that. This, this is more cello than violin. This is. Oh boy. Oh, wait. No, music. No, I, I'm with you on that. You get what I'm saying? I'm with you on that. Right? This would yep. be. This would be like. It'd be. But it'd be more mid-rangey cello sort of uh, flavor. Um, mm. Uh, a little bit, fine, of, a little bit of grit. If we're gonna play it that way. This tastes like a mid-range stored procedure that I would call no. that I would call to load perhaps a nice fact table. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know enough about your industry to go like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> there's a there's a reason that we don't try and use computer terms and data data warehousing. For scotch, this isn't complex enough to be a story procedure. This is just a table. Um, no, um, the, the problem with trying to get anything off the palate is all I can get off the palate is oh my god, the alcohol burn. But the the, the early finish, I'm definitely getting some some strong citrus. Um, I'm definitely getting that toffee. There's something else in there I haven't quite pulled out in terms of to identify it. Would, would you call this peaty? Would you call no. it peaty? No, would you, no. Uh, it's not smoke. I'm getting though. cereal. I'm getting mm. some some cereal okay. uh, to it. Okay. Yeah, if you don't if you don't let it sit on your tongue, I've got nothing but nice things to say about it. If you let it sit on your tongue, it's At it's all. too too alcoholy. 
I actually like that. It's, it's which is I wouldn't. I mean, it's not a high. It, it, I wouldn't put it high on the list, but it, it's something that I would definitely. I'll say this. Let's try it with water. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this for it. it. It is a very unique, and I don't mean that in a in an insulting way. It's a very unique Scotch. The the the, the orange is is a very is not a common common element at that at this level of strength. Oh, the van- I am now getting uh, vanilla, a very powerful vanilla. Oh, mm-hmm. So am I. Oh. Now I will say it's it's forty two point five or eight, so a little bit a little bit higher than normal. All right, so so my mouth must still be destroyed because I'm I'm getting way too much alcohol hit from for what that should be. I guess I guess I really liked the water. I, this is pretty much true of the of the two that we tasted in the last podcast and for this one they get they get more expansive with mm-hmm. with water and I think better. Um, I guess I like that alcohol hit. It's it's nice. I'm I'm not actually you know I let that sit on my palate for a while wet and I'm not getting the alcohol hit. I'm still getting it on the front. Of my I mean tongue. it's got some. But yeah. not not any kind not the not the kind that you're describing at least not for yeah me. I, it's more, I, I think it gets, it's correct it gets it gets more floral and more more citrusy mm-hmm. with, with water I, I'll give it this the nose and the body are and the finish aren't lying yeah I mean there's some where you're like oh this is an amazing nose of floral notes and everything and then you drink it and you're like fuckers it's just in the nose <laughs> yeah it's like, consistent I, I think I just. I like I'm, I like the harsher I do like the harsher scotches I have to kind of admit that that's it, it's it so I, I I would rather which is weird because I think I have a much more of a sweeter palate for the most part but this I really dig see the serialness of it is just all that I'm getting now it's, this yeah. is it, it's corn checks in liquid form yeah I guess that, but I guess that's why I like it it's, it's that very sort of oh, harsh I was I was thinking honey honey nut Cheerios. But I guess that's why I like it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess I can sort of see that. I'm getting, I'm getting much more of a corn flavor out of it, but I, I gave it a second dose of water just to see, and the nose yeah, kind of. I think I'm gonna try that too. The nose is is mostly gone, but what's your take on it? I think I'm with Sidious on this one. It, it's just too stingy. You know, it's a little too much forward and in the in its alcohol taste. What era sting? Are we talking police era? Are we talking like uh Dreaming Blue Turtles. Dreaming Blue Turtles sting? Yeah, okay. Sure. So before you kind of like it got a, you know a little yeah. you know too poppy and okay. Yeah well the yeah the Wind Marsalis or Wind Marsalis era. Okay. Okay cool. <laughs> Just clarifying. <laughs> Thank you. It's a good thing we can all play this musical battle hole <laughs> Karen over here is like I got. I uh, no, he'll, he'll, he'll get there. We'll get. He's the one wearing the Pink Floyd uh, T-shirt for me here. Yeah, I'm totally digging on. So, um, and earlier before we started this podcast, we got into a big, huge discussion about Richard Wright and Roger Waters and all that. So. Even bands that hate each other. That, that speaking yeah. of Sting, that's the yeah. one that I missed when the Police got back together a couple years ago. Right. I thought. I, don't, I didn't see it, and I'm like, now I'll never see it because yeah. I don't think they're going to do it again. No, well, probably not. However, what I got to see in July was the dual concert of Sting and Peter Gabriel when they oh sure when they went through Chicago. Yeah, that was probably one of the best concerts I've ever seen in my entire. I wish I could have made that because here's the deal. Gabriel. Here's the deal. It was like, okay, who's going to open up for who? No, 
side by side. Their <laughs> bands were side by side. Sure. Two drummers, two bass players, I mean Sting and Tony Levin. Oh my god. And then like they had their bands and one was the blue team, one was the red team. They had a competition. Okay. And then they'd play each other's songs. Sting, <laughs> oh fun. Sting played more of Peter Gabriel's songs than Peter did. But Peter did a like a, a Motown version, like a Barry White version of If You Love Somebody. Except the yeah. If You Love So he like did a low version of it. Huh. But then like Sting would do Sting did uh, Games Without Frontiers. Ooh. And he did oh yeah, it was it, it's online. You can find this this okay. shit. It's amazing. Does Games Without Frontiers uh, a cup? Uh, I think he does. Um, uh, did he do Intruder? Something like he did one of those early, like very visceral ones. And then he starts off one of the songs with "Can you tell me where my country lies?" He does an early Genesis song. And I'm oh. like, what the hell? No, you know, um, uh, Dance of the Moonlit Night, which was like nobody does that. And he like, <laughs> comes out with it and then does this, does the intro and does the rest of you know, another Peter Gabriel song. And I was like, and then and then they did he, then they did their own songs. Oh yeah, what they do? They did um, Peter Gabriel started. Oh, they started off with uh, Rhythm of the Heat, and then the song after that was If I Ever Lose My Faith in You. So like back to back, I was like. Oh my god! Incredible, just really incredible. So, sorry. I'll, I'll... No, no, that's that's okay. And normally we don't we don't do like. Let me do, tell you the background of of the distillery and everything like that because yeah. we're not really into education. We're just drinking. Okay. Um, <laughs> because sorry, yeah. because Kennedy is not going to be something people are generally familiar with. Yeah. I thought I would just um, share. It is normally provides blended for Balvany. It's it's literally two hundred yards away from Balvenie. Mm-hmm. Where is that? Where I thought it was in Dufftown. It's so a Dufftown, and it's a William Grant and Sons. They they have released some limited editions, limited editions under Hazelwood, which was the uh, named after the home of Janet Sheed Roberts, who was the youngest, um, the old the the granddaughter of William Grant of the original William Grant and Sons. You need to be doing this in a in a in a pretentious voice, by the way. And then, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> the same one. In in 2013, they began bottling under their own Kinnevi name. Its first was a 23-year-old single malt, named, I believe, after Janet Sheed Roberts. Who? It should be known. At one point, was the oldest woman in Scotland at 103 years of age. <laughs> She could still kick your ass. <laughs> That's not so, <laughs> Maybe. Maybe not. So not anyway. frequently part of the potential <laughs> commentary done <laughs> in the middle of it. But when she did it, she was still a lady. <laughs> so, um, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so, anywho, that is um, Kennedy. This is their 17... And um, it was the 1996 bottling, set bottling. Or, uh, bottling or, or casking, probably the casking. Casking, yeah. 17 years old, special edition, uh, matured in American oak and sherry casks, uh, crafted in Dufftown, Banffshire, and uh, the first opened in 1990. Blah blah blah. Do you want me to do the reading? Sure. I was just. Oh, 
Yeah, that's the one that didn't really have. But anything. no, but it has it has um, tasting notes and stuff in the card. Okay. So, uh, do you want to? I'll, I'll just read this back here. I think. Can I read it at this point? <laughs> We've gone through two episodes. Let's see if you can read this. Okay. Uh, goodness sakes. Janet Sheed Roberts, granddaughter of William Grant, the Knievy Distillery has remained a treasured secret known by only a few. <laughs> a whiskey that exudes dedication and passion. This exceptional single malt has a distinctly floral style of spirit that is the hallmark of Knievy. And inside the card are the tasting notes. Tasting notes. And the tasting notes. Let's see if I can read them. I may not be able to read them. Uh, I cannot read these. These are way too small. So, oh, those are those really Nose. <laughs> In a world. Rich and full aroma with fresh fruit notes and a deep vanilla sweetness. Uniquely fragrant with a characteristic floral note that is accentuated through the addition of a little water. Taste. Beautifully sweet, buttery vanilla, and slightly spicy. Finish, long and lingering, with a notable sweetness. <laughs> long and lingering is yeah. So you know, I'm not. I'm. That was a pretty accurate set of tasting notes. Yeah. Um, a lot of vanilla, a lot of sweet, sherry casks, and. Yeah. Uh, you know the the classic. Right. Um, I I enjoyed it. Uh, not not as much as last uh, last podcast's um, Kill a Mom. Yeah. But uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a three three six. Mm-hmm. I liked the orange. The orange was very different from what I've usually had, mm-hmm. and I didn't really mind the the alcohol kick. It just didn't yeah. didn't me too. It wasn't an issue. For me, it tastes like burning. I, uh, <laughs> I was a You're little, a witch! It was a little too strong. Uh, and or, or, or is it a doctor? I, I, I need a little ointment. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as far as, yeah, I mean, I, I think all the flavors that you mentioned were there. The notes are pretty accurate, but none of that really comes together in a way that gets past that for me. So I probably would have left this one in the Taipei airport or wherever it was. <laughs> uh, but I give it probably a 3 2. For me, it does. Again, this one gets better with water. Um, it does, and it almost hits. It almost hits a four for me with the water, but not quite. Um, so just kind of mush them together. I'd probably do about three point seven. So, because I think I enjoyed it a little bit more than parent, but um, it's. It, I, 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 I I would definitely, I I definitely drink. I would probably order it, mm-hmm. but not quite. So. I am having difficulty deciding whether or not I liked this more than the McAllen, which is not saying good things about this. Um, right. Some of it might just be that um, palate-wise that I'm just still, my mouth is still a little wrecked. I don't know what it is that I ate recently that I'm just, everything seems to be hypersensitive. So I, I, I'm, I'm feeling my numbers might be a little skewed, particularly anything with heavy alcohol hit, which, you know, a lot of have been this month. So. Yeah, since I'm having a hard time uh, making the distinction, I think I'm just going to uh, let it be the same score, and I'm going to give uh, it a 3-2 in the same way that McAllen. So. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was a little biased uh, because I know how much it cost. It's cheap. No. Oh, no. 
No, it was not. Okay, so it was not cheap. All right. Um, I'm very glad that it was a half bottle. Okay. Because I could not have, I would not have purchased the full bottle. Okay. But I also figured, I, I'm <laughs> back, back, you villains. Sorry. Uh, There's a visual going on. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I was very, very pleased that it was as good as it was, given that it was sort of the, huh? Never heard of this. What the hell? I'll buy it. Uh, so now to explain the visual that's going on, I am leaning towards Perrin in a very lusty way. Not because of Perrin, but because of what he has in his hands. Sorry. No offense. <laughs> and no offense, Jennifer. Uh, so, but uh, there's, um, he has a bottle of Lefroy that is beautiful and gorgeous, and he'll explain to the audience himself what is, is he is unwrapping, but it's, it's, something, it's something gorgeous, and I'm a big Lefroy fan, so if Go ahead and explain. I, I like the Freud, but I, I've heard things about this that I'm interested to see. I'm going to taste it and then talk about what I've heard. Okay. So, um, while I am doing the pour, since we've been talking a lot about music, I am, this is one of my, my two favorite questions. What was the first concert you ever saw, and what was the favorite your favorite concert? The first one that I think I can remember... Uh, I was in college, and it's like the first one that I like actually bought my own tickets, and we actually drove a long way to go see it. You know, we really owned it. We were just going with our friends or something like that. Somebody's in town. Um, was uh, Alanis Morissette? Now let me finish. This was right at the height of her popularity, and Garbage was opening for her. Oh. So we were going to Garbage. Wow. And we stuck around for the you know twelve year olds to see and last more set. And the last was fine, but yeah, garbage was really great. This is right around the time of uh, two point I think. Um, I'm surprised they weren't doing their own tour, but yeah, that, that was that was good. My favorite concert was probably, and I'm chagrined at myself for saying this, but it was probably seeing Paul McCartney. Um, Why well, we could be chagrined? Because yeah. he's very talented, but he he also knows how talented he is, you know, and people like. You know, not everybody's favorite Beatle all the time. Um, oh, right over here. There's a hand up over here. Mine. And you were mentioning before um, George's ukulele. Well, it's not my favorite. George is my favorite, but I just. Sure. I was, I was at that concert too, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. And he played uh, something on a ukulele, as yeah. it should be, because this is right after George had passed. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was a while ago. But um, but it was great. And what I loved about it was, and it was so long, because of course it's Paul McCartney. He's playing every single song he's got. And I was. Um, I'm, I'm young, you know, younger than probably uh, somebody who, I wasn't around for the Beatles, clearly, but um, there were a lot of people there that were. There was a lot of, you know, people, investment bankers with their nice watches and stuff like that, and they're all tapping their feet, and that, that was kind of fun to see. But then he got into, like, the maybe late part of the second, beginning of the third hour, and everybody's, like, looking at their watches and stuff like that, and I'm like, you guys, just Paul McCartney. Yeah. Like, this right. is the last living Beatle that really matters. Sorry, Ringo. Uh, and I'll argue that. But that's from another Oh, episode. okay, all right. <laughs> but yeah, that was a great show. Um, for me, uh, we're talking 1985, I'm 15, and a friend of mine calls me up, like, in the, I think we just got back from, we just got out of school, and he says, hey, and um, do you want to go see Rush tonight? And I'm like, ooh. Ah. And I, and Here's here's the weird thing. I only had a peripheral uh, understanding of who Rush was, sort of kind of I mean, at fifteen. I, did, mm-hmm. I didn't really go deep into them until like like the following well after I saw the concert, <laughs> and then the following year after that. But um, it was a Power Windows tour mm-hmm. at the Civic Center, St. Paul, nineteen eighty five. So he was like, we have a, uh, somebody bailed on us. 
Uh, and I said, how much is the ticket? You know, I'd have to call my, I'd have to ask my mom. I said, it's free. You're coming with us. You can come with us. I'm like, mom, can I go? Yeah, sure. Okay. And so I, I go in with them. And uh, so uh, one 15-year-old and actually about two 15-year-olds and two 14-year-olds go into a, you know, go into this. Right sounds country. like a bad It sounds like a bad setup. joke, right? <laughs> uh, but it was, it was fantastic. It, it almost is, it's up there with like my top favorite uh, top five, top ten concerts I've ever been to, and although what was funny about that one was it was early, uh, early electronic drum sets, you know, and, mm -hmm. and Neil Peart does the whole drum solo thing in the middle of it, mm -hmm. and I remember that he was so fast on the electric drums, on the electronic drums that it it clipped like the the the, the rolls clipped. <laughs> the Simmons couldn't keep up with them. You know, the, the Simmons drums couldn't kind of keep up with his technique, right. which I thought was fast. I was like, that's amazing. Who are these guys? So, um, and then I I just got, you know, we're way into them because, you know, you're a musician and you're in the bass. That's who you listen to. So right. at the time, yeah, that's, that's, that's big. And then my favorite concert, the Paul McCartney's pretty close up there because, you know, he went to Baby I'm Amazed and I'm just like crying my eyes out. <laughs> So, um, but I'd almost say that probably one of the most influential concerts I ever saw was Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones. It was when it was a three-piece at the Caboose in 1992. I'm like, I'm on the front row, and I just, I got just obliterated with musicianship. And I think that kind of like, that eclecticism and that sort of weird take on how to play music was really like kind of set the bar for where I needed to where I wanted to go with stuff so um, I'm sure there's like at least five other oh seconds, sure you know, but you know but that's 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 pretty that's pretty up there so oh I think we've had this conversation yeah, no we have I mean briefly the first concert I saw um, was uh, PJ Harvey opening for Veruca Salt opening for live on the Throwing Copper Tour um, <laughs> oh, so that, that was a decent way to start wow yeah um and and honestly, that probably is, is in my top three favorite concerts as well because that, that was just I mean that was hella awesome uh, way to, to start my concert experience. But favorite, I, I have a really hard time picking that one out. I mean, it, it depends on like what aspect of concertship mm -hmm, I yeah. want to focus on because if it's like pure like full entertainment value, it's either Terrace Flowers opening for the Aquabats, opening for Real Big Fish, or Weird Al at the Grandstand. Um, just fit all the costume changes in the Zenith and my little weird Al. Um, if it's pure me getting into like the entire evening of concert, it could be Our Lady Peace opening for Sponge, opening for Candlebox, mm -hmm. even though Sponge is kind of a throwaway as right. far as that's concerned. And, and even Candlebox is kind of... I, I went for Our Lady Peace. Um, they, they, they're they one of my favorite bands um, from my avid con concert days. Um, I, I think I've hit every show but one that I'm aware of that they've done in the Twin Cities. So, um, for, for me, the first was um, Rainbow and Blue Oyster Cult. Ah, <laughs> nice. Yep, giant, giant uh, uh, Godzilla with searchlight eye beams <laughs> during the show. And then uh, the the favorite was uh, They Might Be Giants, The Cramps, uh, Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers, and the B-52s. Like six hours of show wow. outdoors. Right. And I mean, I'm just like, yeah. 
Okay. That's a CMBG show I must have missed because I've seen them quite a bit. That was in San Diego. Okay. And I can't remember the name of the the, the tour, but it was just like they'd go somewhere and play for all day. Right. Basically. And and it was just... I had not heard of some of them. I mean, I heard of... I heard of... I don't remember if I'd heard of the Cramps before I saw them. And oh my God, I loved them afterwards because the Cramps... I mean, I've never seen a man... Have sex with a with a large speaker on stage yeah. until then. Right. Although I have to say, a close second, and it again goes to the whole "What are you feeling like?" Right. Uh, Warren Zevon at first half. Oh sure. God, yeah, sure. Because yeah. he they put a stage in the middle of the open dance floor area, uh-huh. and he had a piano and he played for hours. Nice. And we all just sort of stood around and went. That's really cool. I gotta add a couple couple more if it's okay. Uh, there was a band called um, uh, Foreplay, uh, horrible name, and on record, I'm not a big fan of the group, but they're kind of a uh, fusion band, fusion pop band, but like four heavy hitters, Larry Carlton in jazz, Larry Carlton, Bob James, uh, Nathan. <laughs> Uh, That's a perfect name. I mean, Bob James. Well, Bob James. Okay, Bob James' claim to fame is writing the theme for Taxi. He's like, he's a mon. I mean, I mean, it sounds like okay, it's kind of a cheesy name, but he's a monster on the piano. I've never seen somebody play like Tchaikovsky's type stuff and bring it into jazz. He was just phenomenal. And Nathan uh, is the bass player guy who plays with Eric Clapton all the time. And then the drummer, the guy who was a drummer for. Herbie Hancock way back in oh. the Headhunter days. So, and then and it's like, I saw this, this group about 99, 2000, something like that, and uh, my uncle uh, was the guitar tech for Larry Carlton, and it was probably one of the most phenomenal shows. They just, they went out, they just, you know, on record, there's like, yeah, groovy, pop, yeah, I, 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 I don't care for the record either. Yeah. I've got, but live, um, they're Phenomenal. See, I, I imagine phenomenal. they would have to yeah, be Yeah, they just like shops that. for days, and then just, they just go, and then there's no set list, they just go. So, anyways, sorry. So we are we are about to try the Lefroy PX. Hello, Lefroy. The oh, there you are. I will, I will tell you later. Well, I can already, I, I, I will now say what I was going to say earlier, because it is patently false. Uh, I, I had heard that the PX is basically just the base tenure with a label slapped on for local on a cruise ship. But it does not smell the same, so it is definitely not the case. Now I'm in my happy place. I'm getting your classic Lefroy to start. I mean, peaty, smoky, but it's got an unusual sweetness for Lefroy. Uh, Yeah, cherry. That's that's how I know there's something not right there, because it's it's, Mm -hmm. that's the difference, is that underlying note. Mm -hmm. I'm in my happy place. Did I mention I'm in my happy place? Yeah, I agree about that. I was guessing. This is probably why the last one was like, is I could do, you know, it had such a sweetness for me, is that Lefroy is kind of my baseline. Mm-hmm. See, I, I generally like Lefroy Gnose. This one, that, that weirdness, that, that, that difference, I am not liking it. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, it's oh. kind of light. It's a little light for a Lefroy, I feel like. They're usually a little stronger. It's got, it's, it's sour to my nose. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Wolf. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yep. This was not a good one for me to try this one. <laughs> <laughs> it's called PX Cask, I wonder. What's it what's it mean? Yeah, well, everything. Four, okay. It's forty eight. Yeah. 
It's the burn. It's not yeah, quite a cast yeah, strength, it, I'm but definitely, it's, it's you got overloaded. Somewhere. It's not quite a cast strength, but it's definitely ramped heavy. And again, that's why I like it. That's that's. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's that's the average. I mean, I don't want to say average because I love Lafroy, but um, this is what I expect. So on the on the body, I'm getting a cherry. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. On the finish, it's morphing slightly. Yeah. It's um, drying out. You know, it's not it's yeah, dry. I'm, it's, I'm, dry it's, like a it's got an unusual sweetness. I'm, I'm having trouble categorizing what the sweetness... Maybe maybe it's like a dried Bing cherry. Or, um, uh, and I don't mean this in a negative way, uh, cherry cough syrup. Yeah, or cherry oak. Oh, uh, okay. And on the second, on the second run through, it, is the, it hit the side of my tongues rather than like the front. So... It's like it's trying to like find all the different <laughs> all the different taste buds. <laughs> now, but that is just, it's, it, and actually the second second round is sweeter. It's sweeter, but still dry, very puckery. You know? Yeah, right? I'm I'm not I'm not actually getting hit by the the forty eight too hard. I mean, it's definitely got some some. It it says hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It but it's not um, it's not like drinking cask strength, which. I generally don't enjoy. It. I know you're you're dying. Yeah, I'm. I, but I think that's. I'm having an off month. I, I please disregard some of my commentary on the amount of woof that the alcohol is hitting because I, <laughs> my mouth is just not good for it right now. Okay, I mean, even even with a rinsed palate, I'm feeling that. Oh yeah, I I'm definitely not in a, in a neutral place. And I prefer this without the water. I'm surprised by that. Well, the the nose. I, I like I like the I like the power of the of the the hit a little bit more. Wet the nose, yeah. Wet, yeah. wet the nose is is pretty pretty gone. Yeah, it, it dissipates pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, and and and, with, and tasting the water, it dissipates. Um, yeah, and, and I I hit it awfully hard on the water um, to start with. The, the cherry sweetness is is quick right there at the top of the palate, and, and then it's gone, um, and then fades to cherry cough syrup. Which yeah maybe not so much. But. It's a, it's a it's a, but it's a, it's like it's like tasting uh it's the slight type of finish I'm getting is almost like a dry red wine like a dry red you know yeah like that very sort of it's very puckery it's yeah very sort of in the back uh, tannic it's yeah. got some definite yeah, tannin. It's tannin yeah and it's got it's in the back of the throat mm -hmm. too back of the tongue I I mean I I am in, enjoying I, when I say cherry cough syrup it's not because yeah you know, it's like drinking cough syrup right. I'm just I'm having trouble categorizing the flavor. Um, maybe candied, uh, like candied orange or candied cherry. You know the can the sort of not a gummy but a, um, a fruit roll up. Yeah, yeah, almost. <laughs> okay. Yeah, the water didn't do much for me either. No, I think it's better. Or maybe maybe. I don't usually ask. This. <laughs> Please, sir. Uh, so I, I've gone and hit it to not quite 50-50, and it's it's toned down quite a bit. It, it's 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 definitely proven out that I am the one with the issue tonight um, <laughs> because it, it still hurts a little, okay. and it shouldn't at this point. It's like now it's like the Lafroig Ten with that hint of cherry. Mm -hmm. And now, with, with this in mind, it's, it's fairly pleasant, but I've watered it down to the point where it's it's lost a mm -hmm. lot of its usual. But it's 
So, the Freugries. Yeah, it, it, it's the, the well, okay, like I said, it's, it's the Freud cast strength with the 50-50 water, only with added cherry. Right. And I'm okay with that. Right. I would so, definitely want to give this another pass when my mouth is not wrecked. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll want to tell a Lafroy story after we're done with the Bodians. Oh, yeah, no, 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 and, and I'm, I'm... I'm just I'm just saying it out loud so I don't forget. Lafroy. And if you would like to do the pretentious reading, you're welcome to. I would be, I'd be uh, happy to. <laughs> what, I would, what I was going to say is what we're getting, um, as I was just going to describe what this actually is. Uh, first of all, this is only available uh, travel. So it's called a travel retail exclusive. Oh, wow. So you're so it's an airport special. Air, air, Duty-free, basically. Okay. Okay. Um, and the PS cask is triple matured. It is the uh, standard Lefroig which then is is passed through a third maturation in uh, bourbon cat or in um, casks which held Pedro Jimenez or Jimenez uh, sherry. Okay. So I, it is a sherry casking, but it's a very specific um, sherry, hence the PX. Okay. Um, Oh shit! With, with, and we've had a, uh, or maybe we haven't had it on the show yet, but we do have a, a tomatin that is finished mm-hmm. in the same mm-hmm. style. The first maturation of this special expression is in X bourbon barrels, followed by transfer to quarter casks. The mm-hmm. third maturation is in large European oak FPX, sorry, PX casks which originally contained rare Pedro Zemenex sherry. The result is a complex Lefroy with the character of each type of barrel. Detachable, detachable? Detectable, sorry. Detectable in the final flavors, including a gentle but unmistakable sweetness. Lefroy, meaning beautiful hollow by the broad bay, has married malted barley with smoke from our native peat to produce the most richly flavored of all Scotch whiskeys since 1815, distilled on the tiny island of Islay off the west coast of Scotland. The flavor is as untamed as the ocean itself. May I have more cork dockery, sir? <laughs> <laughs> no, you've had enough. <laughs> and you'll note, there was actually no tasting note in there. Nope, there it's is none. It's just, we are so freaking amazing. Well, they kind of are. Yeah. I'm, I'm, um, I'm biased. It I'm comes biased. with a small book. Be part of the party. Yeah, you uh, you can join the Friends of Lefroy. I have already. And, and you get a square foot of... I should have said that I, at the beginning. I, 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 of think, I think I have a square yard by now. Yeah, I, I do. I'm, I'm pretty sure I have a square yard too. <laughs> what I do like is that they talk about the first LP live. Lefroig pioneered the concept of running a 45-minute whiskey show broadcast live on the internet. Today, this eagerly anticipated programmy is watched by tens of the. <laughs> that's what it says. Tens of dozens. Tens of thousands of whiskey fans around the globe every year. So that's your competition right there. Whilst the first broadcast held in London kept strictly to the whiskey. (laughs) Today the broadcasts include music, food, and much more. Naked men. (laughs) Strictly to the whiskey is my next punk rock album. Or it's the next Dregs album, whichever comes first. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> yeah, they're, um... 
They like to talk a lot. They do yes. on their box. But you know, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. It's not talk that I would disagree with. No, um, for the most part. Lefroig is one of Laughing Frog. That's me. Yes. Yep. Is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. And uh, now here's. Let's see. Uh, yeah, and it's forty-eight percent. And so what it does say is that the the first maturation. I don't know if this was in the thing. As for our ten-year-old, so it, it is the same starting point as the ten-year-old, right. but it definitely dives away. The funniest part is so the first one was a hundred bucks for half a bottle. Right. This was a hundred bucks for a liter. Okay. Mm. Right. And so I figured, oh, what the hell, I'll get the two and call it even. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Sure. Well, voting? Well, um, this did not impress me as much as I had hoped that it would. Um, I'm not sure if that's uh, Pedro Jimenez's fault. <laughs> or what's uh, the triple I'm not voting for him. <laughs> the triple Juan Valdez. You can blame Juan Valdez. Yeah, right. It, it's got, uh, I mean, it's similar to, um, what was the one that we talked about in the last show, the Kiko Man? Or whatever it was, um, it's Pokemon. got Pokemon. the Pokemon uh, coconut uh, was. Uh, it's got a similar complexity, but just a little kind of antiseptic, kind of medicinal taste, kind of creeping around the edges that I didn't kind of threw me off a little bit. Um, but even though it was very strong, I think the complexity of the flavors, you don't really notice it like you did um, the one we had right before that, where it was just ugh, tastes like burning. So. It's okay, but probably not for me. So I'd give it like a 3.5, I think. Well, wow. good. I'm going to taste it through my pain. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to say that uh, reading through the description of the maturation, I can tell you exactly at what point it ruins it a little bit for me. Mm. And that's the quarter cask. I, I don't like As a general rule, I have not liked quarter cask. It doesn't make a lot of sense, because generally I like a good solid wood flavor, and a quarter cask, you're going you're gonna to get more of that. With the Lafroy, it doesn't seem to help it. it I, I, there, there's an aspect of it that just it, it throws it for me. The Pedrozonas, uh, the sherry notes, um, that's where the cherry is coming from, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. um, so I look forward to that to Montanel because that, that's going to be pretty solid. So it's going to be on the lower, lower end of Lafroy's journey, but that still puts it above a three. Um, so I think this is probably going to sit solidly at uh, three, four. I have mixed feelings. I mean, I, I found it really interesting. I'm, I'm glad I got it. There's a lot about it that I liked. I just feel like it didn't quite blend the flavors the way they should have. I mean, it wasn't, it didn't quite come together. The, the components were good, but it wasn't like you go, wow, this is a, just a, a great blending of flavors and it's complex, but it's got layers. You went, that's an interesting flavor. That's an interesting flavor. I enjoyed it, but it didn't blend well. Um, so I'm going to go with a 3.5. I enjoyed it. I'm going to happily drink it, but I probably won't rush out to uh, to buy another one if I'm in a duty-free shop. There will be other things I, I can get. <laughs> right. um, I actually kind of agree uh, with Perrin. It's, not, it's on the lower end of Lafroy. Um, I still love Lafroy, um, and so I probably enjoyed it the most of, of the four of us, but um, it still was not as, I mean, it wasn't even as enjoyable as like maybe a lower end Lafroy that I would get on a regular basis. I guess I also like a little bit of a more peaty flavor, a little punchier, and, and I'm not 
a huge I thought I'd enjoy the dryness you know and on uh, mm -hmm. my on my third glass or in my <laughs> here um, I just I'm drinking it because it's Lafroix. Uh, and because it's duty free, but because <laughs> no. duh, because duh, it's but, got no duty in it. It's got no duty in it, but uh, and it's mostly I'm mostly drinking it for uh, for reasons that I will tell later in this in the story after the voting. Um, but it's a little disappointing in terms of Lafroy's I've had before. So, uh, but it's Lafroy, so I'm gonna give it a 3.7, uh, which means I'd still I'd probably. I'd probably end up buying it if mm -hmm. I was given the choice between something else and this. So, um, if you're wandering through a duty-free shop yeah. in a foreign country and you saw it, you might go, oh, uh, "It's a liter." Yeah, <laughs> it, but it's not a four. And a four is something. I mean, some, a four and mm -hmm. above would be something like, "Oh yeah, I've definitely this was something I enjoyed." Like the last podcast, it was a four. Um, this is not, you know, which is, I mean, and Solid Lefroy has hit me in such a way that it's four and above. Mm -hmm. You know, like oh, you know, give me a fire fire pit and, and a good Lafroy, a good mm -hmm. even lower lower end Lafroy, and I'm there and I'm happy for the rest of the night. And this not so it's against the dryness that takes it away from me. The, mm -hmm. the, the back of the throat dryness. Mm -hmm. Can I go on to a story? Please. Yeah, okay, so the story. Uh, so this has been this is part of my part of the promo, um, which I talked a little bit about in my in the previous podcast. So I'm part of a um, an album that was just produced. Um, Recently, there's a gentleman whose name was uh, Michael David Matheny, who was a musician in the Twin Cities, uh, uh, songwriter, uh, singer, and, um, uh, and multi instrumentalist. He was a member of Gallo Glass that performed at the Renaissance uh, Festival for about 20 years. He was also a member of a bunch of other Irish bands, and, and the last one he was in was Long Straight Forever. Uh, he passed away in 2012, age 45, and uh, before he passed away, as he was like, he knew he'd be, you know, he was dying of cancer. Um, just before he died, he started cataloging all the songs together. He was in the midst of creating a solo album that never got finished, and um, so when he died, he had like a bunch of these songs in his in his hard drive. Uh, his family comes to me in uh, late 2015 and says, "Hey, we've got these you know, songs on hard drive. Why don't you listen to them, see what you think?" I thought it was, I thought the songs were great. The quality was a bit mixed because some of them were finished and some of them weren't. Most of them weren't. So we had to go in and do a bunch of production work. A year and a half later, we came out with an album called uh, El Dorado, um, which is going to be released in April uh, uh, April 28th. Um, and with that, we're also producing a concert for the album release and also as kind of a, a legacy tribute uh, concert for Michael as well. Um, we're having eight performers come in. Uh, Lojo Russo, uh, Eric Pedrotti, formerly of Funks Grove, Ray Yates, uh, Dana Jean Walter, myself, uh, Matt Miller and Matt Ogden, uh, formerly of uh, Long Street Forever, and Ken Larson, formerly of Gallaglass. Here's the interesting thing. So Eric Pedrotti, hello kitty. We have a cat who wants to be a part of this production. <laughs> no, he just wants the, the, yeah. the bottle cover because he wants to bat those things right. around. So, so here's the interesting thing. Um, looking at Perrin here. So here's the interesting. So Eric is coming in from New Jersey. Ken's coming in from Portland. Lojo's coming in from Quad City. So we have actually out-of-state folks coming in for this concert. Mm -hmm. and so uh, April 28th, Cedar Cultural Center. 
Uh, doors open at seven. The show starts at eight. Um, I'll have some info about this concert posted on this site here. But here's the deal: is uh, Michael? I actually performed with Mike Matheny uh, more than a number of times uh, in, over the course of you know his career. And what I found out through Ray is that, um, and through his uh, through his brother Kevin, uh, through Michael's brother Kevin, is that his fame his favorite Scotch of choice was Troy. And so over, over the last year, year and a half that I've been producing this album, I have ingested more LaCroix than I ever have in my entire life. And I've like developed like not only a taste for it, but almost a nostalgia for it. Like it, like it takes me to, to this really happy place of working with this music. And I mean, like the album is really like the best songs he ever wrote. So, I, so there's a, like a little point of pride of like, so when I'm asking for more, more it's not just more of the Lefroy that's it's not the best Lefroy, but it's still Lefroy. It's it's almost like I'm ingesting something that has an a, an aspect to the project I just was working it's on. Very sacrificial so, of you. Uh, yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so so there's really you know so that's the story. Throwing yourself that, on the Scotch grenade like that. Oh, is you know, it's, it, uh, well, you know, you, you brought it, and I want to help you out. You know, with with you know taking taking care of it. Oh uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, actually, Ray Yates was a gentleman who uh, helped me mix down all the tracks and because half of these tracks were actually recorded on a uh, 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 computer mic so their quality was really not very good so we had to like actually figure out a way to put other instruments and other performances on top of it to make it to make these songs you know live and so that was the challenge and the songs are great so um, and what we came up with the album is, is really good so and that's Again, Lefroy helped a lot in the course of all <laughs> So thank you, Lefroy. Scotch helps with a lot. Scotch helps a lot. <laughs> if you're happy, Scotch will make you happier. If you're sad, Scotch will make you happier. <laughs> <laughs> if if you're just bored, it's still fucking Scotch. <laughs> There's now, to be fair, there are a few scotches. If you drink them, they will make you sad. Yes. They may they will make you think why did I do that? Right. Why Pendrin? Why? <laughs> so that's so a question the Welsh should always the, ask themselves. The Welsh, the Welsh feel bitterness towards the rest of the world, and this is their way of expressing it. Here's what you do with Lefroy, though, to make it really spectacular. And you, if you want it a little bit wet, is you get an ice cube, but the ice cube is in the shape of the Millennium Falcon. And that's what we do in our household. Is we, when we have Lefroy, we have Lefroy. With the Millennium Falcon ice cube I, and I, your glass, I may have a Death Star instead, but yes, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Yes, that this oh, and that actually, I will say, what will help with probably all the scotches we've done over the last two podcasts. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put that out there, you know, because because fair, fair it's enough. the fastest, you know, it's it could do the Kessel Run. It. On the other hand, is it, you drank that thing, you're raver than I thought. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Anyways, we, we should probably wrap this monkey yeah. up. So, uh, Did, any other quick plugs that we want to throw out there? You got the concert? I, uh, yeah, I have one more. So after that concert, then I'm, um, I'm a member of two bands. I'm with a band called OBI, Orchestra Bezime, uh, which is Bulgarian for band without a name, or as I like to say, Bulgarian without a name that you can pronounce in English. Um, we do a lot of shows in town. We usually do, uh, we, uh, OBI usually performs once a month on the third Thursday at the Black Dog in St. Paul. You can find that out through either our Facebook page. Just look up Orchestar, O-R-K-E, 
S-T-A-R, Bez, B-E-Z-M-A-I-M-E, and you can find us there, or OBI, I think you can find us through there too. I'm also in a band called The Sweet Colleen's. Uh, we're a Irish band that has aspects of uh, Cajun and Americana, a lot of original uh, material and some and a lot of traditional stuff too. We have another. We have an album coming out as well um, that we've uh, been working on for about a year. Uh, CD release party for that is on June 4th at the Parkway Parkway Theater in Minneapolis. That will be June 4th, uh, Sunday, June 4th uh, at 7 p.m. Um, you can look that up on Facebook as well. And that's it. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's nice to be on a podcast and I don't have to talk constantly. Um, Our pleasure. Thank you. Thank you both for being here. We very appreciate it. But if you do want to hear me talk constantly, you can listen to my podcast. Uh, you can check out the Just Enough Trope podcast at justenoughtrope.com. Also, check out my Star Trek podcast, Enterprising Individuals, at enterprisingindividuals.com. On our last show, we talked to Armin Shimmerman, the actor who plays Quark. Yay! I have nice. to listen to that. Yeah, I'm, I'm cool. looking forward to that. Yeah, real nice talk. I'm impressed you acquired that. I'm, I'm still yeah. playing. Yeah, it was a good get. It was a good get. And uh, he had a lot to say about um, Star Trek and about his other roles, because, of course, he's been acting forever. Yeah. He was on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I forgot about. I remember that. Yeah, See, that I don't remember. I remember from Buffy, but I don't remember on the yeah. beat. So anyway, uh, yeah, that that show was our last last one. Uh, so you can still find that at enterprisingindividuals.com. Cool. And you know, I might try to be on that show sometimes. Yeah. Yay! So always happy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if I ever do have a band, I'm going to name it something of like two letters that is easy to spell. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. So, and then I'm going to make the website be a long. Impossible to spell name. I think that's so that I can say my band name is Zug, Z U G, and you can look us up at zuggest.furgablog.snick.com. Are you making fun of me? Yes, I am. <laughs> Are you making fun of my band? No. Yeah. So, 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 so his band name is going to be QT because that's where the music needs to stay. <laughs> I'm. I'm just. I'm the LT. If, if I do learn a, a, um, a, a, an instrument. The kazoo. No. Pipes. Oh, yeah. Because... Then you'll definitely be on the LT. And then and then I'm going to come and pla- practice in your yard. You'll keep the neighbor kids at bay. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of that tree of yours. <laughs> so, uh... We let, we let Scott toast the way out last time. To uh, you've had two weeks to get ready. That's right. Yeah, uh, okay. you were in the basement and you were like you were gargling that mouthwash too. Uh, as far as I remember. Well, okay. So, so some of the other scotch in the basement, legit. That that is what it. I mean, I use some of it for aftershave, Wait, so it's okay. Okay, it's like, I gotta try some more of it here. Hang on, so I don't. <laughs> oh, that's Lafroy! Ah! Oh, 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 it burns! burns. That's the wrong bottles. <laughs> yeah, you do not. There are some things not best good. not gargled with. Yeah, that's no, that's one of them. Do, do well, not use the Glen Ranji Aster for that. <laughs> do not, do not, do not. Um, yeah, I prefer a scope uh, 12 weeks. <laughs> I'm going to steal from Drake on this one. Fair enough. Say, uh, may your neighbors respect you, trouble neglect you, angels protect you, and heaven accept you. Here, here. Salam. Salam.